I'm Yasi Salek, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jersey Mike Subs. Jersey Mike's uses only the highest quality of meat sliced right in front of you, piled high with the freshest toppings. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. For me, it's roast beef and provolone with onions, lettuce, tomato, and the juice. You like authentic cheesesteaks? At Jersey Mike's, they're cooked on a real flat top grill. You can hear the sizzle and taste the difference. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Order on the app today or visit jerseymikes.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Heineken Silver. People could be hard to please. You take beer to a party and they're all, it's too watered down, it's too boring, or ugh, I drank that back in college. Thankfully, there's new Heineken Silver, a world-class light beer with only 2.9 carbs and 95 calories and a crisp and refreshing taste to satisfy even your pickiest friend. Finally, try Heineken Silver today, the world-class light beer with all the taste, no bitter endings. Available at your local Heineken retailer or for delivery at heineken.com slash silver. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Enjoy Heineken responsibly. What's up, everybody? I am Tyson Apostle, your host, survivor legend, challenge god, and pickleball fashionista. And we are here for another episode of The Pod Has Spoken, where we break down each and every episode of Survivor. This week, it is episode three, season 43. That's a lot of seasons. And uh, it's titled, I'll Sign the Divorce Papers. I'm here with my forever co-host, locked in for time and all eternity. Uh, I think we even had some religious leader lock us in together, Riley McAtee. What's up, Riley? What's up, Tyson? Yeah, we're kind of like podcast married. You're like my podcast wife. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Topical. Really smart, Riley. He's on it today. And we have a very special guest, uh, one of my dear, dear friends from the show. We were known as the Coconut Bandits on season 27, Blood Versus Water. Uh, my friend, Jervis Peterson. Jerv, how's it going, dude? Um, um, Riley, back up, bro. This is my guy right here. Hey, come on, Tyson, what's going on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm starting to feel a certain type of way right now. Oh, don't. There's. It's 2022. There can be three of us. Okay. Jerv, I haven't broken down a survivor with you maybe ever, but definitely not since the new era of Survivor, uh, starting with season 41. Uh, how do you feel about this new era? The 26 days, the backstories, the twists, all of that stuff. How do you feel? What are the goods? What are the positives of this new era? I'm a little conflicted with this, this, this new style. And I guess anytime things are new, you know, there's always backlash or a pushback. You know, it's, it's hard to accept change in that sense. Um, but there's good things about it too. I don't like the 26 days. Um, I, I think 30. 39 is a great number. And I always felt like around day 26 to 28, people start to snap. You know, I, I recall you snapping around day 28 in mm-hmm. one versus water. Um, I remember snapping around day 28 in season one in Borneo. So I think those extra days really push you to a, a, a certain point where you really, Jeff's every line, you got to dig deep after that, you know, to, to finish this game now. So the question there is, if they just make the season harder, can they snap earlier or is it mostly just a time thing? It does, do they need to get past that 27, 28, 30 day marker before they can snap no matter what? Or if they're feeding them less and accelerating the gameplay, will that still happen? First question is, why is it harder? They're giving them less food. So less food, I get that. But you figure any season you've played, there have been people who don't eat the whole time. They're out there pretty much for 39 days. 
Yeah. So the less food really isn't. I mean, we couldn't catch anything season one <laughs> on our, on our, until we merged. So you're going a good two weeks without eating in that sense. So the less food, I get it, but it's got to be more than that. That makes it harder. Yeah, and I and I'm not there. I don't know, but I I know probably with the twists and the turns and the three tribe format, the game does accelerate in those moments. So, and I'm the same. Like I've never played a 26 day season except for when I got voted out way early in uh, eight, <laughs> in eighth place. I I lasted 27 days for an eighth place finish once, and I think until we get someone that plays both formats, we're not going to get a true perspective of how difficult the modern era of survivor is right let's get into this episode specifically we skipped the nighttime scene i like seeing the zombies at night coming back into camp sad and explaining what happened and someone you know uh, upset because they were on the outs uh, we don't get that instead we go straight to vessi the morning following and cody's telling us about the beads and how he got them jerv do you like this twist with the beads, collecting the beads from each player in the tribe to activate an idol? Yeah, I actually, I did like this twist because as the little note said, it really brings your social skills into the game. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how would I get everybody's beads? You know, and, and I'm racking my brain. How, how can I you? pull this off? Uh, you know, it, I, I would have thought the same thing, kind of like Cody did. And also kind of Carla, like, look, I want to make something special for you know, the girlfriend back home, a kid. So can I get one of your beads to do it? Like, I think Cody had a great way just saying, look, I made this hat. You know, I just want something from everybody's, their beads to put on my hat. And if I get booted out, I'll leave the hat for you guys. You know, just, I would have did it kind of that way. Um, but it, I can't believe it worked. He, he pulled it off. It, it worked out perfect for him. Which they didn't show it right away, though. That was a little twist the little fake gap because i'm thinking oh man he didn't pull this off and it's like nah he did pull it off after all did you like that no i would have rather known we're the audience we should know we should be inside right that's exactly my my feeling because that's the beauty of watching the show is being like oh here it comes he doesn't even know they don't even know but if you're the one that doesn't know as the viewer you kind of feel like you got hoodwinked a little bit definitely and the way they did it like you said if you don't show us something, we don't know because we, we can't see everything that's going on out there. But to deliberately show us getting him getting four of them, but not the fifth one, was kind of like a dirty move to me. You know, and it, it kind of like shocked me. Like, oh, wow, he did get that. Then you do the flashback. So now the, the game is evolving even with, like you said, these little video clips from the players' lives. And now you're doing flashbacks to what happened that we didn't see. You know, this is, this is a new survivor. Uh, Riley, do you like those little like tricky moments where we're left without information? I mean, I think in general, it's like you don't want to just blindside the audience every vote. Like sometimes like older seasons of Survivor, sometimes it was very obvious who was going home and that was fine. There, you could still find like a lot of attention and interest in the episodes. And now there's a lot of like, oh, it's always between these two things. We don't know like every single vote, which is fine. I get why they do that. But it sometimes is like, you know, this show, this episode can still be interesting even if you don't do that. And when they're kind of deceptive, it can feel a little, like you're saying, Jerv, like you got hoodwinked a little bit. But I don't know. In, in, in last week's episode, it was like, if they hadn't done that, there would have just been no tension at all. You would have known that Cody had his vote and you would have known exactly who was going home. So I, get, I, I feel like they were in kind of a tough position, the editors were last episode. Yeah. I also think that uh, it also comes down to who is being voted out, if it's someone the audience absolutely loves or absolutely hates, it's okay to tee that up because people are like, yes, here he goes. He's getting it. He's getting his uh, comeuppance. Or, oh, no, please, not the hero. Like, there's something there. But it's early in the season. You don't necessarily have strong feelings one way or the other for people. And so maybe that's their way of like, oh, surprise. Oh, you're on the edge of your seats a little bit. At Vessi, we also get the, uh, you know, Jesse kind of betrayed Dwight and Noel. They were left on the outs. And it kind of looks like it's Dwight and Noel versus Jesse, Cody, and NECA. And it's just teeing us up for Tribal Council this episode. And that's kind of a bummer because as we visit Baca, 
and we see Gabler falling apart and everyone babying him and Ellie and Jeannie are like, oh, he doesn't know that his idol's good for two tribal councils. Let's figure this out. I love that moment. As that's all coming together, my only thing is like, get these guys to tribal council. I want to see how this plays out. Right. (laughs) I mean, there was so much to it. Jeannie and Ellie are talking with Sammy. And then Jeannie's like, Ellie, I think you're closest with Gabler. Uh, You go and see what, how he knows about his idol. And if he knows it can be played twice. Sammy is offended that Jeannie assumes that Ellie is closest with Gabler. Jervis, should Jeannie have been softer with her words and been like, should she have been more uh, democratic and said, who of you two is closer? You should talk to Gabler. Or is she okay and Sammy's just being sensitive? She should have handled it a different way. That's the diplomacy of Survivor, though. You know, uh, your currency, as we always talk about, is your social game more than anything. How you yeah. deal with these people, and to to offend Sammy that way in the moment he was like, "Wait a minute, you're closer to Gable than me," <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Okay, we'll see." And he, and, he, and he just kind of yeah, he kind of just backed off, which was great for him not to stir the pot even more. But again, the social awareness for her not to realize that right in that moment, or even Ellie, like to not realize it, like, wait a minute, maybe we made a mistake here, you know. Sammy is a lot closer. And we know Sammy's closer to Gabe. We all know that. But the thing that you are is, is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And I also think that, like, in these moments, I've said this on other uh, episodes, uh, at, in your social interactions with people, you have to take into account everybody's button that can be pushed, everybody's pet peeve all of those things and try not to cross any of them. So you got to come up with pet peeves that maybe don't even exist throughout humanity and be like, maybe their pet peeve is this. And I've just got to avoid that. And I got to avoid this. And if this person's vegan, I'm not eating any meat in front of anybody. And if this person's this, I got to make sure to do this. And this is one of those very glaring moments for me where someone is appointed without having a conversation as to who would be best suited for this. And Survivor is all about, in a group setting, in any capacity, let's come up with a game plan. Now, who is best suited to do that game plan? Who is the one that can make this happen? Rather than just be like, Ellie's the best with Gabler, let's have her do it. Sammy, offended, and also wants to prove that he's close to Gabler, goes and tells Gabler everything. Right. And it's a beautiful moment as as he... Goes to Gabler, tells them about Ellie and Jeannie's scheming. And part of this is Sammy being young and wanting to prove that he's, you know, not as young as he is. Uh, But Owen, Sammy, and Gabler chat about, you know, the girls and how dangerous they are and how they think that the guys aren't playing. Gabler plays dummy and as Ellie fishes for, for Gabler's thoughts on his idol, he plays right into it. And... All I could think of was these guys have to go to tribal council. <laughs> if not, my hope for the future is that Baca is still this type of chemistry when they do eventually go to tribal council. And the editors are just, you know, setting this up a little early for us so we can be on the lookout for it and uh, and see it play out even more. Because at this point, we know Baca doesn't go to tribal council. So now... There's more days that this stuff can get more confusing for everyone involved, which is probably also beautiful. Jerv, what are you doing there with Sammy as Sammy? Are you running back to Gabler? Are you just letting Ellie and Jeannie take charge of this one? What? No, I'm doing the exact same thing Sammy did. It's the right move for him to make. You bond yourself closer now to Gabler and Owen. You know, you have a target now that's not you, somebody to get rid of on your tribe. And it, it's, it's per- like you said, it's all, it was all perfect. It's all set up. Uh, the, the tension, the drama, everything is just perfect for Baca right now. That, that we want to see the fallout of this so bad. We want to see this fallout. And it, it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing when it does happen. But yeah, he, he made the right move by going to Gabler and telling him everything. And it's interesting, too, from a, a viewer standpoint and from someone in the editing bay, creating this story for us to watch, they know that the entire audience is like, 
Baca has to lose. Baca has to lose. We want to see Baca at tribal council right now. So now we're all hungry for it and we have to wait for further episodes, which, you know, is classic like, oh, we got to tune in next week. We got to tune in the next week. Beautiful job, I think, by editing to show that story play out and the flip-flop and Gabler being like, oh, yeah, I guess it's done. I'm going to keep this as a souvenir for my daughter. This is like exactly what you were talking about earlier, where it's like, we know, and then they don't know. And we get to just watch it all unfold. And God, it was so satisfying watching Ellie walk away being like, oh, he doesn't know about his idol. I got him. I'm so smart. It was like, uh, no, he he knows. (laughs) The high five and hugging they were giving each other was just like, uh, it's just like Gabler said, I, I I can't wait to see Gabler stick it to him now. Like, that's yeah. going to be great. I can't believe how badly they're underestimating him. It's like, this guy's open about being a heart surgeon and stuff. He, he works in a highly technical field. He's not a dummy just because he has, like, a bit of an accent. And Ellie's over here like, well, surely he doesn't know how his own idol works. Like, really? You think he can't read the instructions? Like, come on. Oh, man. That was, this was my favorite moment of the episode for sure. A lot of that is dealing with too him just not feeling as great right now. You know, not eating dehydrated, sleeping a lot. So they're thinking he's just out of it. Oh, that's true. They're babying him now. Are you okay? Why don't you sit down? Take a nap. Drink some water. He's not fine. Now you, now you don't look fine. So they they really set themselves up at that moment. You know, and to let everybody know that they went through his bad. And all that kind of stuff. It's like, to me, I'm saying, Ellie, do you really trust Sammy like that? You know, and and for Sammy, I think a good move. But I think his his whole thing about not letting them know how old he is is going to bite him in the butt. Like, it's a great move that's going to really do him in in the end. Because, like you said, Tyson, he's trying too hard to to prove that he's not this young guy out here. And when he revealed that, it's like, look, I'm this young guy that fooled all you older people. If he gets to final tribal council and uses that, he's losing. Uh, but yeah, and also like sometimes like if that stuff comes out, like who knows, like maybe there's a conversation about what year you're born and he stumbles or or missteps or something. You never know. That's why lying about anything, uh, especially about your background, can come back to bite you as people start to figure it out or things don't make sense. And so it's just a tricky game to start right out of the gate lying. We go to Coco and it's James's birthday. Everybody's singing happy birthday and they're so happy. They have a ton of food. They're eating. They're, you know, they're living it up. They haven't had to go to tribal council. And it reminded me of my birthday on Blood versus Water Jerv. I don't know if you remember that. It was my birthday. We were late in the game, maybe like eight of us left or something. I woke up and I was like, I think today's my birthday. And they and somebody who was keeping track of the date was like, yeah, it is June 17th. That is your birthday. And I was like, that is my birthday. And the camera guys and all the production there shut off their equipment, set it down and came and shook my hand and all told me happy birthday. And uh, then just went back to business as usual. And for me, that was a, those guys are friends of mine. I've been on the show so many times. I'm very close with a lot of them. For, so for them to do that. And on a day where we're late in the game, I'm exhausted. It felt good. It felt like, oh, this is a sign of respect for me being out here so many times. And it's a mutual understanding between me and the cameraman. But on the flip side, it was also like, oh, no, everybody sees how close I am with these camera guys. Is that bad for me? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. (laughs) (laughs) Tyson just screwed us. Great. Is that I didn't do it. I didn't I didn't ask anybody to do that. It just happened. That, that's what made it even worse. <laughs> they prompted it. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? They've broken the fourth wall with us. What's okay? What's going on? <laughs> but uh yeah, and I had like had to do my best to not tear up and thank everybody. And still probably one of the most memorable birthday experiences I've had, uh, definitely in my adult life. Uh just that little uh moment of realness with people who don't really communicate with you that often in uh, that environment. James's birthday wish, Jerv, of going out and looking for idols by himself. You 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 like that birthday wish of his <laughs> that he announced to the entire tribe? It's a great wish. Keep it to yourself. Don't you keep your wishes to yourself? <laughs> who tells their birthday wish? It doesn't come true when you speak it into existence. <laughs> and he's a Philly guy. He's killing me right now. <laughs> I mean, it did come true, just not for him. Yes. <laughs> you know, 
uh, it came true. Uh, so he talks about it, and then everybody's kind of like, okay, that's weird. And uh, then he takes a nap. Everybody else goes fishing, and Carla goes and looks around, and she finds it. Jerv, you've seen season 41. You've seen season 42. You're on season 43. You find a beware advantage that is right out in the open in the middle of your face. You open in that thing right there? Absolutely. Open it. You, you have to. And, and it's, to me, it's how the game has evolved. You know, you have to take it. You know, Jeff has always promoted this, making the move, the big move. You have to make the big move in the game. So she's making her big move. Um, everybody doesn't need to make a big move in the game, though. <laughs> you know, or it might not be the right time to make the big move. So for her, I, I actually thought that she was going to go back, tell James where it is to have James get it and now have him be the owners, take the ownership of that idol. Good That's or like bad. the worst thing you can do, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you, and you know what? Maybe, but maybe that would have worked to her benefit too. You know, like hmm. I've never seen that happen. We don't know how that could ever play out that way, but that's why I thought that was going at first. Like, man, she's going to tell James she found it and she didn't open it and try to talk James into opening it and seeing what, what the idol says. I mean, that's not a bad play, honestly, if you kind of have an idea of what could be inside there, a lose your vote type of deal. You could choose somebody that maybe thinks you're tight with them, but they're not necessarily. So they read you the clue. You see that they have to collect everybody's beads. You can give them your bead, but then run around to somebody else and be like, whatever you do, don't give them your bead. <laughs> right. Carla goes back uh, to James while he's still half asleep and kind of like picks his brain on like, hey, we've seen advantages. If it's a beware advantage, would you get it? He's like, you have to. You absolutely have to. And she's like, okay. James I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got to go for a walk right now. I'm thirsty. James, is James not on to her? Is he too sleepy? Is he just like enjoying his birthday? Is his guard down? Or is he suspect at all? He's enjoying his birthday. He's enjoying his birthday. He's, again, he has no self-awareness at this moment in the game of what's going on. And, and it, it's kind of shocking for players who have watched every season and have studied the game that you have three out there in the ocean. So what are they doing? They're having conversations. You know that. Right. Your whole thing should be having conversations with Carla. Make Like, look, we could buddy up right now, make some kind of plan, but you're just going to chill. Take that nap and enjoy yourself and have Carla out you know, running around out there, you know, and I, at least I'm picking up that she's picking your brain for a specific reason. One of the cardinal rules is that you don't let a majority sneak off together for an extended period of time. And like the second three people are going out fishing, if you're Carla and if you're James, you're also going out fishing. Sorry, but that's what you're doing. Even if you don't want to, you're sticking with the group at that moment. And if Carla is awake and James is like, I'm just going to take a nap, Carla should be out there fishing with them as well. Yes. Because now there's four and one left at camp. Come on. Easy conversation right there. So the fact that those two stayed behind to not fish is already is kind of bad gameplay. Definitely. But Carla does decide to go back and get it after James tells her she needs to. And uh, it's the same bead scenario that we saw with uh, Cody. And she then goes about trying to get these beads. And the second she decided to go back and open it, I was thinking she should leverage James's birthday to collect the beads. Oh, I'm making a birthday bracelet for James. Give me all those beads. Then she can get the beads she wants, put them in her pocket and use the other beads that are of no value to create something for James. Mm, that would have been smart. Yeah. And I kind of thought she may go that direction. Like you said, it's a perfect setup. It's his birthday. And then to see her kind of struggling to figure out how she's going to do this. You know, James was easy. Sleepy James. Like, <laughs> you can get anything from him right now. So it's yeah. easy to get his beat. You know, then to see her work through the rest of the tribe, which was, okay, man, this is easy. Everybody's like, sure. Then she, you know, is the, the roadblock. You know, and now she has to do her little barter system. Yeah. And uh, and and I got to give her credit. She pulled it off. You know, that was uh, I was totally impressed that she pulled it off. Nobody has a clue. She has an idol now. And 
now she can really sit back. Even even from the first episode, I think she was saying that she's the swing vote. You know, she knows it, that she's in that position from day one. So to have an idol too, she set herself up pretty good. Okay, but here is what's going to happen in the future, Jerv. She's going to get to the merge with Cody and Jesse. Cody and Jesse are going to make more allies somewhere and ask someone from her tribe if anybody on her tribe went around collecting beads. Then they'll know who has the idol. And that's what's going to happen. I hope that happens at the merge. I hope all the uh, they, beware advantages. If they ask that, won't it kind of give away that they have one of the idols? No, because they don't have to say whoever collected the beads has the idol. They just have to be like, oh, yeah, who has all your beads? And they'll be but like, what, yeah, oh, why Carla has them. know that? Like, why would they ask? Like, uh, they could come up with the reason. Like, Cody could have the bead hat and be like, I'm oh, looking to add more yeah, beads. Do that. Who, where's mm-hmm. all the beads at? And she could be like, they, someone could be like, oh, Carla has them. Like, you could come up with a way to ask, or even, like, if you want to go, like, uh, a buffer, uh, Cody could go to uh, Noelle and be like, hey, Noelle, look at all their bags. Their beads are missing. I wonder who has them. And then Noelle could ask around, not knowing why she's even asking, and we could find out it's Carla. And then you will have, like, a little misdirect there as well for Carla if she finds out that Noelle was the one asking about it. Like, there's definitely ways around it, but I think that this is something Survivor has built into these uh, newer seasons is like, sure, it's fine pre-merge, but the second you get people from other tribes talking, this information is going to be more and more available, like the secret phrase at at uh, the challenges the last season. This is why I'm waiting for somebody to put the Beware Advantage back and just wait, just go and, and check on it every so often. And once you see it's missing then you just wait for somebody to start acting weird. And the person who's asking for beads or saying a weird phrase or just doing anything out of the ordinary, you know that they have the beware advantage and you know also that they're missing their vote and that they might have an idol once they start acting normal again. So it's like if you can put it back, it's like, yeah, you don't get the advantage, but you get something else, which is you get information and knowledge about the game that you can use. No one's done that yet. I thought Carla might. And I think it worked out for her to ultimately take it. But eventually someone's going to put it back and and still end up with an advantage by not having an advantage. But are people going to be that intelligent to know that, oh, somebody's searching for beads for uh, her wife's birthday? Is that going to be enough of a tell to be like, she's got something going on? I don't know. That's the thing is the secret phrase was weird and it kind of like spread like wildfire. People knew about that pretty easily. This is a little more under wraps, but enough people are starting to know about it now. Uh, that it could come back to bite some of these players. Well, I guess that's a good question for you guys. Is that like, is it is the downtime on Survivor boring enough that people are just doing kind of weird things all the time and you don't really question it? Yeah. Jerv uh, built a backgammon board, taught everybody how to play backgammon. Uh, you have people making jewelry and stuff all day long, you know? And so like, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, something that, people use to pass the time and people love those trinkets on those bags and on the flags and everything like that i actually noticed on uh winners at war i was looking at the bead and uh, bone decorations on the tribe flag and i noticed stuff was going missing and i noticed that Mm. wendell had it and so at that point i was like is there an idol there somewhere or is Wendell just collecting trinkets, or is he going to make a fake idol? And uh, and so yeah, you you like you're aware of those things, and maybe Wendell doing that was the inspiration for this bead idol to even come to play. Uh, but yeah, there's so much downtime and people doing anything to keep their mind off of like just nothingness that this is pretty standard play as making jewelry of some sort. All right, so maybe my plan wouldn't work then. But it would work a little bit better on a 26-day season. There's less downtime. Well, it doesn't look like it. James got a lot of downtime. Oh, dude, he's loving life right now. Just kicking his feet up. Not a care in the world. What What? Uh, are we going to see? We'll probably see the bead scenario next season because they filmed back-to-back and season 44 will be unaware of it. Season 45, let's put the bead scenario back into where people are aware of it. That's what I want to see. Nah. No, it's too obvious. Yeah, too obvious. Like, this is so unassumed, this whole bead thing. And yeah. they 
And the players, you know, Cody and Carla pulled it off and executed perfectly. Like that, I, I, like I said, I can't wait, wait to see how this plays out, you know. And for, like you said, for Cody, if it's me, you know, like you said, you kind of search out who was asking about beads. I know Carla has an idol, like, yo, me and Carla, let's partner up now. You know, that that's a power couple right there with idols, you know, that her tribe doesn't know about. You know, if you can keep it quiet with, you know, the one or two people that know in your tribe, you're golden. Yeah, but at, at some point you got to be threatened if you're the guy in the group that doesn't have the idol. Of course. I mean, that, that look, this is what this game is built for. But yeah. listen, you can always work around that too. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so you think keep this under wrap season 45, we got to see something else. Yeah. Okay. And, and they can do it. Like you said, the, the whole say the phrase was so weird and awkward that I'm surprised a red flag didn't go up for people to say something's going on here. Like to yeah. say this weird saying, you know, look, if you said that weird, weird saying, that might seem normal. Because Tyson's crazy a little bit. You know, that, that, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I'm saying that, come on now, you know something's up if I'm saying something crazy. That's like what that. kind of happened <laughs> last <laughs> season. <laughs> Where it was like Marianne had to say the, the rabbit in the mailbox thing, but it was like, well, that's Perfect. Marianne. Yeah, she exactly. might just say that four <laughs> challenges in a row. That might be normal. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is funny that uh, back then they were saying those phrases multiple times when you only had to say it like once and then wait tell the other tribes said the other ones and then you could say it again to activate everything but you didn't need to say it every single tribal council this episode is brought to you by pure leaf iced tea go beyond reality with new pure leaf blackberry iced tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor a world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave but there's always time to linger try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea visit amazon.com/pureleaf and enter 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf blackberry iced tea this episode is brought to you by jersey mike subs Jersey Mike's uses only the highest quality of meat sliced right in front of you, piled high with the freshest toppings. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. For me, it's roast beef and provolone with onions, lettuce, tomato, and the juice. You like authentic cheesesteaks? At Jersey Mike's, they're cooked on a real flat top grill. You can hear the sizzle and taste the difference. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Order on the app today or visit jerseymikes.com to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. We go straight to the immunity challenge and reward from there for fruit and a toolkit. That's a lot of fruit. We could eat that in half a day, Jerv, just you and I probably. And we definitely would and not let them know we're taking extra fruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's a swimming one. They, It's kind of, it's a fun little challenge, I think. They have to dive in, swim to a platform, climb up these stairs, dive off another platform, get a buoy, and come back, uh, get three keys to unlock the puzzle pieces. One person has to sit, Geo sits, and he's looking around the bench for an advantage. I think that's smart of him. Like yep. we've seen advantages there so many times that he's uh, looking around. We see uh, Noel take her leg off and do all the swimming, climb up those steps and uh, jump into the water and get the buoy and stuff. And all I'm thinking is like, my quad would be burning <laughs> to jump up those stairs like that. How impressed were you with that, Jerv? Listen, yeah, you're very impressed with it. Very impressed with it, but not surprised. You know, it, I know you're not coming out here with one leg and you're sticking up the joint. I know that's not happening. You know, you're, I know you're a competitor. Then you see her backstory, you know, Division One, 
you know, lacrosse player, all that stuff. Like, you know, from freshman year, you're a stud, you know, so this girl's an athlete, she's a competitor, she can compete. So, um, it wasn't surprised at all, but still, it's still impressive at the end of it. Yeah, I thought so too. All three tribes kind of get to the puzzle pretty quickly or roughly around the same time. And it's going to come solely down to the puzzle. Baca wins, d- dashes my hopes of Gabler going to tribal council. Cause the whole time I was just like, you gotta lose. You gotta lose. You gotta lose. I gotta see this play out right now. I can't wait till next week. Show it to me now. I want it all now. And Baca wins and I'm immediately disappointed. Coco comes from behind to send Bessie to tribal council again. And now here's the twist. Baca chooses one person from each tribe to go on a little journey. They'll be back before tribal council. What is the strategy here, Jerv? If you're someone on Baca tribe, who are you trying to pick from each tribe? Are you trying to pick somebody you think you can work with down the road? Are you trying to pick someone you think is on the outs? Are you trying to pick someone you think is leading the tribe? What are you personally looking for? I would be looking for whoever I think is leading the tribe. They get their leader out in the mix because whoever the leader is, I'm sure people are hate somebody has an axe to grind with them. So just you're putting a bigger target on that leader now to hopefully get them out the game. You know, the, the, the strongest player, eh, not, not so much. The most athletic person, eh, not so much. It's the brains over there. Who I think is running the show, I want to get rid of them for the merge. Yeah, and I think that too. I think uh, on Token Chains, my first season, we kind of had a scenario like this where you had to choose someone from the opposing tribe to go to Exile Island with someone from your tribe. And they kind of chose somebody who they thought was in the leadership role. And yeah, I think... There's really two lines here. It's like, choose who you think is in control and cause some chaos amongst the group and get rid of someone who's a leader or choose someone who is already feeling horrible. Send them away, making them feel even more horrible and hopefully crush them enough to you know, be a disaster at the next challenge or, or be a disaster at camp or whatever. So uh, Baca chooses Noel who has to go to tribal council that night and she's already on the out. So that's dangerous for her. Uh, James, it's his birthday and Owen, a boat comes and picks him up and takes him off. Jerv, is there any scenario where you're volunteering to go on this boat ride? Nope, not at all. I actually do not like this move here of sending players away at that moment, because to me, Jeff is putting a target on a player's back. You're missing conversations at camp. You're an it to me. You're the easy target. I, even on blood versus water, that's kind of what we always look for. You know, somebody who's just on the outs, easy target. Let's just get rid of them and keep this, you know, ship moving forward. Um, right. And and that's what I don't like about it. You know, it's you put a target on Noel's back because you know going there, they're going to come back with some type of advantage, maybe, but a good chance they could. I got to get rid of this person, you know, and make, or at least put their name out there so they can use their idol if they have one now to protect themselves so they can burn their idol. So that's why I don't like this. You're, you're willingly putting people up on a chopping block for no reason at all. And it, it has nothing to do with their gameplay at the end of the day. Right. It's a act of randomness that could botch your game. And there's so many of those in this game now that that's part of the accelerated gameplay here is that you never know what twist is coming. You never know when you're going to be put in this circumstance and you need to set yourself up for everything that is a possibility, even things that you don't know. And right. so that does make it tricky. And it it is true. Like the, some of this stuff is out of your control, no matter how well you set yourself up in the game. And this is one of those things. How much time do you usually get between the immunity challenge ending, like getting back to your beach? Like how much time on your beach do you get before you go to tribal? A few hours, probably, maybe maybe a whole afternoon, but okay. it de- depends on how long the challenge is and when the challenge starts, but at, usually at least two or three hours, if not five or six sometimes, okay. you know, because you leave at dusk or just before dusk so that it's dark at tribal council and you get back from the challenge that happens, you know, like midday or something like that. Because this definitely takes Noel out of the mix yes. for like a good chunk of that. 
Correct. Like it must take at least, at, at, at the very least, like an hour, if not like two hours for, you know, the boat over there and climb up the, the hill and stuff, which she's got to do, you know, on one leg after having climbed up the boxes and stuff. Super impressive again. Uh, that's got to take a while. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. And she even said it. Yeah. Especially when you're on the bottom. Like she's on yeah. the bottom right now. So you can't even work your own magic to save yourself. You can't have conversations to save yourself. You're coming back like, all right, what did I miss? Well, what do you have first? Let's talk about you first. I got nothing. You can check me, you know? And again, credit to her. She did a phenomenal job of lying. Blatantly just lying and made everybody believe. You know, Which is something but, that can then come and bite her again as people check in with Owen and with Dwight later in the season. Like that's another, th- like those are the things that like, you now have to have the foresight to uh, manage before they happen. And I think that there's so many of these moments in Survivor that these players like, yeah, you're playing day to day, but also uh, you got to set yourself up for the future as well. Yeah. And these are very tricky moments to do that in. Is there a way to do that? I don't know, but it does make navigating the game very tricky. Let's backtrack just a second to Vessi Wall those three are gone on their journey and we see NECA crying to Dwight about sending Noel home and knowing how hard the game is and, and not really having that translate when she watches it on TV, which is true, but also you can't cry to your tribe about voting someone out because it's just a bad look like, Oh, is she not willing to make the hard decisions? That's the first thing I think when someone is having a hard time voting someone out. I did appreciate her saying how easy it is on TV, watching, being out there, how much more difficult it is. Because yes, you do build those relationships and bonds with people that you have to end up getting rid of if you're trying to get to the end. Um, so that, that was, a, a, for me, a cool moment that new players are realizing playing this game. But yeah, all that boo got to stop. Come on, sis. <laughs> yeah. Someone is crying. Like, yeah. you need to be working right now. You can be, first of all, you're the one who keeps on putting yourself up for these puzzles. Man. You're telling your tribe, I can do puzzles, and you're fairly miserable. After the first one, you wouldn't have did that second puzzle to me. I'm like, nah, you're swimming. You're not doing the puzzle. But Bessie made that mistake to have her do it again, believing in her. You, to me, you've now signed your own ticket out the game. Well, there's two things there is that one, if somebody's telling you they're good at puzzles and they want to do the puzzle, it puts a little target on you to say, no, you're not doing the puzzle. Don't do it. You can't. You failed last time. Like You can't get in that conversation. You have to let them prove that they're either good or let them fail so then you can get rid of them. And two, is she worse at swimming than at puzzles? And if that's the case, then she needs to do the puzzle. And so that's where these challenges like you a have to be self-aware enough to know your strengths you have to avoid your weaknesses so you're not a detriment to the tribe but in some situations like this you have to step in somewhere because not everybody gets someone to sit out and so like that's what i'm thinking because i'm thinking she's personally thinking she's more of a liability on the swimming portion so i have to do the puzzle part i disagree 100 with both things you just said Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So she's swimming. What if she can't dive down and get the key? To me, that's fine because we've seen it too many times to count that you could be behind in the challenge and still catch up and win the puzzle. So to me, I'm looking at it that way. Like, look, we could be losing this challenge all the way through. They could be working on that puzzle for 5, 20, 30 minutes. We can still come do that puzzle win with a good puzzle maker. So I'm going to take my hit earlier in the swimming challenge to be stronger in the puzzle. Um, so that's how I look at that, and I disagree with it that way. And then the second is, I'm not letting her do the puzzle. Like, for me, I'm going to step up and say, look, you blew it the first time. I, we got to win. Like, this is tribal. This is immunity? Okay, cool. Tribal? Nope. This is a must-win situation. We're putting our best players in the best situations. And yes, if you're not a strong swimmer or puzzle maker, I'm still putting you in the swimming because you need somebody who's good at puzzles. I mean, that was the benefit for us when Blood versus Water with Laura Moret, you know, the puzzle queen. That first challenge where I sucked in the swimming portion of it, but we were getting crushed. 
And she came and rocked that puzzle. We won. You know, that's that's what you need in that situation to me. So. Right. But playing devil's advocate here, you step up as the tribe and say, you're not doing the puzzle, NECA. You got to do the swim. She can't finish the swim. You can't mm-hmm. get the key. You're sitting there. You're watching the other tribes finish. NECA's in the water. Now you're to blame, Jerv, because you're the one that forced her out of the puzzle. Not at all. Who swam? She can't. That's on her. <laughs> yeah, but who told her to swim? She was fine not listen, swimming. Listen, somebody got to take the lead here, be a leader. This is what leaders do. You ain't swimming. <laughs> and you know what? And if you blow up to swim it, it's your fault. Brad Culpepper got in trouble for that on Blood versus Water, where he was just appointing people without them saying what they were good at. He was just appointing people to do certain things on the challenge. And his tribe hated that. And they were like, he didn't even ask what our strengths were. He just like placed us based on our body types. Yeah, but Brad does, Brad's not smooth. <laughs> you know? Okay, so you're like, saying you'd be smooth hey, enough little, little to tell NECA to yes. get in the water. She can't finish. You somehow get no blowback from that. Listen, season one, I had to row that boat. I never rode a boat before, but I smoked Kelly's ass rowing that boat and looked like a stud. Surprised everybody. NECA might have surprised us. You know, who knows? But I need Yeah, but that's not my that's not my scenario here. My scenario is her not being smooth. She's the worst and she didn't want to do it. And you made her do it because she failed at the puzzle. That's why though. You've already shown me you can't do puzzles. Well, now we're gonna see if you can swim. And if we survive this challenge and you can't do either, (laughs) we'll take it on the third challenge and figure out where we're gonna put you. And we gotta sit you out or what? Here's my compromise. Put her with somebody who is confident at the puzzle that wasn't with her last time and may have them run the whole thing. Because if she's saying, I can't do the swim, I don't want to do the swim, you put her in the swim, that's a, you're taking, you're ta- assuming liability. Listen, it's Survivor, baby. Listen, I need you to step <laughs> up right now. Neka, come here. I need to talk to you for a second. Uh, I need you to step up, okay? I need you to get in this water and do the damn thing because we ain't got time for all this stuff. You can't do this puzzle. I saw you with the last puzzle. You put pieces upside down in there. This ain't going to work. All right? Let's go. Team break. That's it? <laughs> you don't let her, there's no response from her? No. Okay. Let's uh, go. Team break. For the record, for the record, I do not agree with what Jerp is saying here. I think you got to let people bury themselves. You can have some input, but you can't take liability there by being the one that puts her in that position when she's telling you she shouldn't be in that position. And uh, I think it's too risky. And and again, as somebody to tell me that, no, I want to do this. I see what you can do. You're not. No, you're not doing this. You got to do that. (laughs) You can't do this. You got to do that because I've seen what you've already done with that. So you got to do this. That's how I look at it. Okay. Then there's going to be a problem in tribe. The tribe. And the whole thing at Vessi is now loyalty versus strength. Cody and Jesse are having this this thing. And Jesse is like saying how NECA reminds him of his mom. And that's very hard to go against. I've had situations like that where my first season with Coach, his voice was identical to a Boy Scout leader I had growing up that was very, very nurturing to me. Like I didn't love scouts. I kind of hated going. He would call and be like, hey, we're going to do something fun. We're going to play some basketball this time and kind of skip the merit badges. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll come to that. And uh, and so the second I heard coach speak, I was kind of like, oh man, that's like a voice that reminds me of kindness and nurturing. And it was immediately harder to go against coach in any capacity. Same thing with you, Jerv. Uh, it wasn't that your voice necessarily reminded me of somebody, but when we crossed at Ponderosa before the game started and they were policing us and there were people watching us all the time so nobody could ever talk, but there was one moment where they left you and I together in the stairwell by ourselves where we crisscrossed and we crossed without talking and then we both kind of looked around and you were like, hey, yo, my name's Jerv. Nice to meet you. I look forward to playing with you. And for whatever reason, your energy to me, I was like, that's a guy I have to get close to and work with in this game. And it would have been much harder for me to go against you just based only on that interaction. Wow. That's crazy. So it's, the, and it's the small things like that's, and so for Jesse to be like, 
this woman reminds me of my mom, like her energy, her compassion, her love, her nurturing, all of those things that does make it harder. And, uh, and I think like what NECA said as well, it's like, you don't realize how hard it is, especially those first initial votes, the first one or two where everybody's like excited to be there and they can't believe the experience they're having. It's not easy. We go to the three players that are on this journey together and Noel does a really great job of talking both the boys into giving up their risk and playing the safe thing, keeping their vote, which they kind of seemed like they both wanted to do, but they kind of just hand Noel this advantage. And I like the play. I think it was probably smart for all three of them to go that direction and try to build trust within the other tribes. Uh, Jerv, any downside here for Owen and uh, James on just giving Noel the advantage? No, I would say there's no downside to it. Again, this is this is a situation where they could have made a big move, um, and the move can only be so big. You know, it's either you're going to, you know, give it up or not. But it, I think it was the right move, especially hearing her story that she's at the bottom of her tribe. She can't lose her vote, she, and she's going to tribal too. So she's the one who needs her vote because she's going to tribal. Those guys yeah. aren't, you know, so doesn't affect them. They're going back to camp. Everything is good, but. You could have screwed her, you know, and, and why, why wouldn't you, you know, she's not on her, you already heard she's on the bottom, you know, yeah. make her lose her vote. That puts her even in a worse situation out there. You know, it, it's a lot to try to always think about, is this move going to help me down the road? Do I have to be nice to everybody now so it pays off down the road? Eh, no, you don't. No, you know, you could do something bad to somebody now. And yes, it's always going to be hanging over your head. It always will. It never, until that person's gone, it's going to hang over your head. But again, this is where you can make a, a big move in a sense that's off the beaten path that could pay off for you down the road. Riley, you giving Noel your advantage here? If you're James or Owen? I feel like it's tough to be like, oh no, I'm not. I'm going to make you risk it because she's going to tribal and you might lose your vote by risking it too. So there, there's like downside risk one to just if you, if you, you know, don't pull out the right rock or, or whatever. And then there's also downside risk in that like you're making an enemy on another tribe for not really a, a real reason that I can tell. I mean, yeah, you get, you know, whatever the advantage is, but you know, it's not going to be like a full powered idol. Um, and it's like the, the, you know, the upside is you can build a bond with somebody and the downside is you're going to build like a, you know, a negative association with them where they're going to come gunning for you if she survives that next vote. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it makes sense to work with her. But what if you're in a bad situation in your tribe? Well, then it might be different. Yeah, you're like, look, I, I can't risk this because I'm in a bad situation too. Even though you're going to tribal, I'm not. If we lose this next challenge, I know I'm going to tribal, so... But I think Owen feels pretty good because he's kind of in the middle on his tribe. He's got, like, a good thing going with the the guys who who know that, you know, Gabler's idol is good and then Elliot doesn't, whatever. He's on, like, the right side of that. And James has also been with, like, the, the girls on Coco. Uh, so he's kind of in the majority there, too. So maybe both those guys are feeling pretty safe. Yeah, and I, I think that probably is where the decision is going to be made for me if I'm one of those two guys is how confident do I feel that I'm in the majority on my current tribe? Because if I'm feeling great and this isn't a real risk for me to give this up right now, then it makes it easier. But if I'm on the outs, and that's a very valid point to give to Noel is like, hey, I'm on the outs too. Like I'm trying here and I'm sorry. Let's work together at the merge if we're both there. But if I give this to you, I may not be at the merge. So yeah, I, I don't disagree. I guess it's a uh, purely situational based on where your personal standing in your tribe is, but both of them give it to her. I don't mind that play, uh, especially from their points of view. She goes back, tells everyone that she didn't risk her vote and she, you could search her everywhere up and down all over the place. And I'm like, she's overselling this just like be nonchalant about it. Uh, but, and then she tells Dwight about it, which I think you have to do. You have to tell like whoever's tightest with you. And this is like the perfect moment to use a steal your vote with a five person tribe. If you're a two and there's a three on the other side, this makes all the difference. 
And so I was hoping it was going to get played and it didn't. Like we go to tribal council and Jeff's talking to NECA and Jesse about the puzzle failure. And NECA again keeps admitting guilt. Jerv, you ever admitting guilt for losing a tri- uh, a challenge? Hell no, it was Tyson's fault. Tyson told me I had to swim. <laughs> if I didn't swim, I wouldn't do that puzzle. That's why we lost Tyson's fault. <laughs> there you go, Jerv. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think I shot myself in the foot now. <laughs> <laughs> And then NECA, it goes on to tell Jeff that, you know, when Noel was gone and they were having conversations, it was heartbreaking knowing they're sending someone home, which basically alluded to NECA saying, we're voting for Noel. And they talk about the uh, loyalty versus tribe strength to Dwight. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, Noel has to play this thing. It's the perfect moment for her to play it. She's uncertain of which way the votes are going to go. Jeff asks about the confidence level of each player. And this was a funny little sequence. And this is quite often how it goes, is that Jeff goes to Dwight, Cody, and Jesse, and NECA, and all of them are very, a nine or a 10 in confidence that the vote's going to go their way. Dwight's the only one where if you're NECA, you have to be like, huh? Unless she's already had conversations with him about going for Noel. Noel plays into it and says, she's a five, like maybe, maybe not. At this point in my mind, I'm saying Noel has to play the advantage. Based on all the information we have at tribal council, she should play the advantage. Is that wrong of me, Jerv? No, I I agree. Perfect situation. The numbers are there for you to flip this whole tribal council. You're safe. And the person you want to go home can go home. but. Even during this tribal, like you were just talking about, you have to really pay attention. People talk too much and just say too much without even saying a lot. Noelle kind of, to me, was playing her hand about, oh, it's a five video either way, but I'll be here. Like, if I want to be, like, what she was saying was like, "Eh, did you really find an idol after all? It kind of was leading that way. You know, same thing with NECA. Just, you're talking a little too much. You know, people just, and and you're saying things that you don't have to. And you got to kind of look around because Dwight, those eyes were getting bigger and bigger every time he looked at Noel. It's like, is nobody else seeing this? Like, you're not seeing Dwight looking over at this girl. His eyes are popping out of his head. So you can see something's going on between these two and all. But like you said, perfect opportunity to play your idol and, and make a great move. And she didn't. And NECA gets voted out. And the only thing I can think of is Noel had information that the viewers did not get. She wasn't actually at a five as far as her, her confidence. She was a nine or a 10. Yep. And I think that we missed out on some conversations where she either leveraged the advantage she had or Cody and Jesse came to her and said, we're keeping the tribe strong. Neck is gone. Like whatever it is. And this happens. This has to happen to keep people in suspense. Uh, but it was like too smooth and like, why didn't she play it after what we had all seen that it was a little, a little weird. I I think that they told her that they're keeping the tribe strong. That's, I think she didn't even tell them. They don't know about it. Just Dwight. I think Dwight didn't expose it to anybody because I think those two together now, all you need is one more. So if you get Jesse on board, you're good. You don't need Cody. But if you get the same thing, you get Cody on board, you don't need Jesse, but you got them both. And I, and I think that as a tribe, they realize they cannot lose another challenge and NECA is the reason they're losing challenges. And it was, if you feel like it's your mom or not, I know Cody was real close to her too. You know, Cody yeah. was like, I'm this, I'm riding with her, but you're, I think it's, you're seeing the writing on the wall. We don't win another challenge. Look, it could be me. You know, it it could be me next. So we got to clean this up right now. And I think they made the right decision. Yeah. I think with such a small tribe, your only option is to keep it strong. Right. Especially because they don't swap anymore. They they haven't swapped the last two seasons. There's no indication they're going to do so this season. Yeah. And that's what you have to base your your choices on. Uh, Anything else before we go to your superlatives, Riley? Overall, how'd you like the episode? This is a good one. I, I liked like it the, too. Uh, I like the beads and stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, that's a good one. That's a good twist. 
Yeah, you've always been a trinket guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerp, how are you feeling about the episode? You like that? Yeah, I, I definitely like the episode. Uh, you know, the Baca try with Gabler, like that was just just a good moment to see what's going on. Uh, I, I'm liking Sammy. Also, you know, I'm waiting to see what, I'm waiting to see these guys implode. You know, I want to see that pocket implosion happen. Looking for that. Coco is just, they're just cruising along. You know, they're, they're that tribe that's just kind of, the whole tribe's under the radar. You know, they're all just cruising along. And Vessi, you know, it's just, that losing gets to you. You know, you can only stand losing so much. And in a game of 26 days now, and not knowing what to, like, these guys really have no idea what's happening next in this game. What new challenges coming up their way, what new uh, twist is coming their way. So, yeah, you can't lose. That's the whole thing now. Like, winning is the only option here. That's how I feel like. These guys got to clean it up. They just did it. So hopefully moving forward now, they can make things happen. Yeah, I agree. Riley, what superlatives do you have for us? Let's start with the best move of the episode. Tyson, you got one? I think probably Noelle talking uh, the guys into giving her the advantage when she felt she was on the, the outs. That's a pretty good one. Jared, what about you? Uh, I like Carla. I like Carla getting those beads because, like I said, she got to a point where Ryan said, I'll give you my sock. Yeah. I'll give <laughs> you yeah. my sock. <laughs> like, what? And then yeah. she was really seemed to be like befuddled, like, what am I going to do now? And she just kept with it and, and got it. And I'm surprised he gave it to her, but she got it from her. Yeah, I have Carla too, because I felt like also she made it out. She was like, oh, let me do you a favor. I know you're collecting this turquoise stuff. Uh, you know, I, I really want to give you my my turquoise beads and whatever. And oh, by the way, can I have those like dirty old, like useless beads on your bag? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's like she did him a favor when really it's the other way around. Uh, worst move of the episode? Probably Ellie, assuming that Gabler wasn't playing Survivor. Yeah, everything Ellie did, that's what I have. Yeah. Jerv, what do you think? I, I would say that too, but I'm not, but that is a good one. But I'm going back to NECA, not getting in that water. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl, you got to get off that puzzle. <laughs> that, that was your downfall, that puzzle. That's a back-to-back blow with two puzzles. Yeah, that is true. I mean, look, I mean, I, I believe that's the reason they voted her out because she's the weak link. It's like, say you just got through the swimming and your puzzle players did a better job and came in second, you're good. But even if they, even if you lost the challenge still, but one of them messed up the puzzle, you might have been good. So yeah. I, I think that that's the worst move right there. Favorite moment of the episode? It's got to be uh, the whole thing going on at Baca with Sammy and Ellie and Gabler. Like, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. That whole moment where they're around the tribe specifically and He's all like, oh, maybe I'll use it as a souvenir or whatever. And she just buys it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So satisfying. Yeah. And she's like, Gabler's an idiot. Let's high five about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree too with that one. But also, James, just, you know, just chilling. <laughs> Taking the day. <laughs> yeah, just, it was his birthday. He took the whole day off for his birthday. <laughs> the whole day. Like, my man did nothing all day long. Man. That was just... And just to see Carla, you know, work her magic, pick her, pick his brain, and him talking her into taking up beware of the classic. That was fun. Okay. Who is your winner pick at this point? Ooh, I got to go either with Sammy or Jesse or Cody. Sammy, youngest winner ever? Okay, fine. We're not going to go that far. Uh, let's <laughs> go uh, Jesse. Jesse's good. Yeah. I think he's playing well. He's understanding he has to make tough decisions. Uh, he still does. I mean, maybe Dwight's on his side again now. I don't know. But he might have some damage control there. It's still just so early. Like, yeah. Oh, the yeah. front runner now is not going to be the front runner at the end, no matter how we slice Complete it. dart throw. Yeah. Uh, Jervis, what do you think? You know what? I'm liking Jesse, too, right now. Yeah. Same reasons Tyson just gave. I, I think he's playing a good game. I think he's starting to understand and see the game better every day as the game moves along. You know, I, I know he, he made a big mistake with Dwight. He knows that, but he did what was best for his game. And in that moment, he had to do that. So, I, you know, I thought that was a great move for him. So I, I think and he, even Dwight said he's not mad about it. You know, he's just a little uh, iffy. 
you know, and it's like, man, that's how you feel. Then you're good. Jesse, you can get Dwight back. You know, that's, that's easy damage control to fix that relationship. I'm sticking with Carla. I've had her for every episode now. I'm I'm just sticking with it. I think she just comes across more and more impressive every episode. So maybe I'll go wire to wire. That would be unbelievable. That would be unbelievable. You're going to have to stick with Carla till she's gone now. I love this. Yep, I will. Uh, okay, so who's the next boot? Ellie or Gabler? I'm picking I, Ellie too, yeah. I want to see it's it. It's not Gabler. He'll use the idol. Yeah, but maybe she somehow convinces him not to. Like, there's so much play now. It, that that happened so early. So, probably Ellie. I'm going with Ellie. Jerry, what do you think? No, well, because Bessie's losing the next challenge, too. <laughs> Baca is strong. We got to get Baca to Tribal Council, man. We we can't have Bessie going again. The only way you want to get to Tribal Council is if you break that tribe up. That's it. But Noel has her still a vote still. And uh, four is a good time to play it as well. True. Very true. Unless Dwight jumps ship and goes with the other two guys, then she is in trouble. Well, she could still use her vote steal and make it 2-2. And then it'd be a tie and she wouldn't be able to go to rocks if she's one of the, the yeah, people voted. So that's it's interesting. really powerful at four. Okay. That'd be great to see. Jerv, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Riley, again, you uh, hit it out of the park. And uh, we look forward to breaking down episode four next week. Until then, see ya. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.